Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and I'm questioning my life choices because no one's ever written a scandalous novel about my friends. Today, we are discussing a romantic comedy that explores friendship, love, and the complexities of relationships. That's right, we're talking about The Best Man, which falls at number 38 on the 50 best rom-coms list. Today, I'm welcoming in a friend who wasn't in my wedding party, but was my guest on the third ever episode of Movies Are Life, Bradley Vincent. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. Good to be with you again. Good to be with you again. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for being willing to jump back on to this. Um, <laughs> and so, because I know you've been really busy, and I, I hear that you've uh, been busy working on a book and some other things. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, doing some cool stuff now, man, just kind of venturing out, as we kind of discussed a little bit earlier, trying to make some of my heart work, food work, so to speak, right? Right. Uh, serving a very special community. So, yeah, just kind of venturing into that and doing more of those things that, um, you know, how people say, I'm here for a reason, uh, trying to lean into more of that kind of stuff, you know? So, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's been good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, so we haven't discussed anything about this film uh, with each other at all. Uh, you, you were just like, I reached out to you, were just willing to talk about it. So great. We're going from there. So before we even like really even talk about the setup and breaking it down and everything like that, it, is this a movie that you had seen before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's part of uh, the African-American lexicon. You know, okay. <laughs> one of those things that uh, to be a to be a card holder, so to speak, you got to watch this movie. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, that's great. Well, what, yeah, well, we can definitely get into a lot of things because this this was my first time seeing the movie. So with that said, let's uh, jump into The Best Man. When Harper Stewart agreed to be the best man at his best friend's wedding. Oh, Harper, man. What's up, Harper? It was a reunion of old friends. Well, well, well. The gang's all here back in effect. Break out the 40s. But before the happy couple can walk into the future, I'm gonna go blind just looking at it. They'll all have to confront. You read my book? No. The secrets of their past. Jordan has my book? Quentin has my book? So you read my book, too. You? The Best Man is a 1999 American comedy-drama film written and directed by Malcolm D. Lee in his directorial debut. It was produced by 40 Acres and Emule Filmworks, with Lee's cousin Spike Lee serving as producer. The film stars an ensemble cast led by Tay Diggs and Nia Long with the debut of Regina Hall. And I just want to say, I'm sure we were going to talk about it, but it's just funny, I didn't even know this was like her film debut. Yeah. And we talked about uh, the map. Is it just, it's just master, not the master. But anyway, I thought that was funny that, you know, I was like, oh, hey, it's Regina Hall. Regina <laughs> Hall again, yeah. Uh, but, um, this film follows author Harper Stewart, who's played by Diggs, as he reunites with his college friends for the wedding of Lance Sullivan, a professional football player. Harper's soon-to-be-published novel, based on his friends' lives, contains secrets that could jeopardize the wedding. The revelation of these secrets creates tension and drama among the friends, testing their bonds and forcing them to confront un unresolved issues from the past. Produced on a relatively small budget of $9 million, the film went on to make over $34 million by the end of its theatrical run. A Christmas-themed sequel, The Best Man Holiday, was released on November 15, 2013 with a reunited cast. Then a limited series came out called The Best Man, The Final Chapters on December 22, 2022, which I believe was uh, or is a Peacock original. So uh, before we jump into this movie, I, I thought this completely made sense that there was a sequel because, like I mentioned, this is the first time I had seen this movie. And immediately, 
I just enjoyed spending time <laughs> with all these, uh, yeah. with, with this group of friends. And so, I mean, it almost felt like ripe for a sequel. So it, it made complete sense because I've always been uh, familiar with this franchise. But then also I was a little shocked that, you know, this movie was made in 1999 and then the sequel wasn't until 2013, which is a right. really long time. Right. <laughs> so uh, I would and assume. Then, and then almost 10 more years for the, uh, for the series. Yeah. 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 So did you did you see the series also? I haven't seen the series yet because it was on Peacock and I don't have yeah. Peacock streaming, but I definitely saw the second movie a, yeah. a few times. You know, you got to see them more than once. And yeah, but yeah. And uh, the fans are all in, man. So I'm trying to stay away from the series before I see it. I'm, I'm not trying to look at even though it's over a year old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure I see it before I get into all the fodder of the fans talking about it, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I, the one thing I could probably assume, because even when I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, like I, I knew Tay Diggs was in this and uh, Terrence Howard and some other people. But I mean, it's just like, oh yeah, this person. And oh yeah, this person. And oh yeah, this person. So it, I feel like I'm just kind of making this up. But as far as the sequel goes, if they wanted to have a, a pure sequel with basically everyone returning, I, I'm sure everybody's just celebrity shot up after this movie. Right. So I think actually maybe getting where everybody was on the same schedule, I could see maybe why it took almost 15 years to create yeah. the sequel. And yeah. then maybe, you know, the TV series after that. Right. And there's a little backstory, you know, because as you see in the first movie, the budget was low. The second movie, probably, I'm sure it was a larger budget because the first movie was successful. Yeah. Um, but for the series, apparently they wanted a third movie. Um, Lee wanted a third movie, but he couldn't get it funded. Oh, uh, huh. Universal Pictures wouldn't take the movie. And so when he signed with Universal Streaming or TV or whatever it's called, he kind of moved it into a series instead. But it was amazing to me that they wouldn't green light a third movie. Yeah. It's interesting to hear directly from him. You know, that's not hearsay. That's what he said happened. You know, yeah. they wouldn't green light that third movie. So. Huh. That, yeah, no, no, that's, I mean, for me, I, I don't think, uh, it, this wasn't like the best movie you know, right. ever. Uh, right. I think there's some things about it that you, it makes sense that it's made, yeah, a directorial debut. There's a little kind of, uh, stiffness to some certain things, yeah. Yeah. but like as a whole, I mean, I love these type of movies is, uh, where, you know, uh, I guess it's not completely dialogue driven, but it's very relationship driven. Yeah. And I really like that. And the thing that came across to me in this movie was that I felt like even though there are some kind of uh, kind of tropes, comedy tropes of some of the actors, I mean, kind of you've seen before oh, the, yeah. the guy who has the overbearing girlfriend that you, you've seen those right, right. For, for the most part, I thought like all these characters um, I, 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 I thought they were very true to life and I thought, uh, a very good dynamic of a friend group. Like, uh, I mean, you have so many different personalities and almost in a sense, like it completely made sense that they were friends, but also you're kind of like, why are you friends? Cause you all seem so different from, right. <laughs> from one right. another. Cause it seemed like you could have all these people in your friend group. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even to the point of why would that guy be in this group? But then it's like. I would see why they wouldn't alienate a guy like that in this group. Yeah. You know, almost that kind of thing. Right. Cause we all have those friends that one of them talks too much. Somebody doesn't defend themselves, <laughs> but it's like, okay, it's so easy to pile on this guy, but I want, 
because he's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. But he's an easy mark all the time if you want to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so everybody has those kind of friends. Right. But it makes it's the humanity of it. And it's like mm. the arrogant prick. Right. And it's like, yeah, he does tell the truth, but he just tells it in a way that rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. So it, it toughens your skin a little bit. Right. So everybody <laughs> needs all those people, you know, in your circle to make you better. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And I, I think it completely reflects, too, of like, um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, for some people, it's high school. But for the most part, it seems like when you're in your early 20s, college age, it's kind of really like your core, like friend, friend group, you know, that right. you stick with. And, you know, life happens after that. But it is kind of the core you keep going back to. And I, I like how this film kind of touches on that, like, even if they're with their partner or whoever it is, they're kind of like, you know, why are you friends with that person? And you're like, well, it's just part of me, you right, know? So, right, yeah. Right. Um, and so, and I also, I very much liked the aspect. I mean, once again, like I didn't know anything about the plot of this movie. I, I could just look at the movie poster. You can kind of assume yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. what it is and it's, it evolves around a wedding, but I didn't know about this plot of basically Harper being this novelist and kind of basically writing something that was like true to life. And I really liked that aspect of, uh, of this movie. Did you like that part of it? Yeah, I, I really liked it too. Uh, and you know, when you watch so many movies, you figure out the formula really early. And yeah. you know, okay, this is about to happen. This is about to happen. And so it's a little bit of that, but I loved how the story was unexpected too. It was a it was a good story. Yes. You know, yeah. even though when you think about this, it, it's called the best man. And obviously the best man is the lead actor, but it's like a full cast of lead actors. Mm-hmm. Because in a wedding, the best man is not the most important person. Right. It's yeah. Literally yeah. the bride, but the best man is even secondary to the groom. So you got this secondary level dude that's actually playing the number one role. It's like mm-hmm. a weird kind of, it's like, wait a minute, he's second in command, mm-hmm. but the groom is, you know, it's, it was just weird, you know, but it's called the best man. So yeah. you should expect that. But the movie was like because of how the story was written. I I think that's pretty cool about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's kind of a sneaky romantic comedy because certainly there is romantic re- uh, relationships that uh, you know hold the key to like everything that's happening right. here. But then you can just argue that the relationship between Harper and Lance is like almost just as I mean it doesn't you know it's not romantic, but right. I mean I think the evolution of their right relationship is just as important as <laughs> if not so more so than right. the, the relationship at the end you know right because so. the wedding was almost secondary right right yeah. it's just like the development of the best man yeah. as a man then that friendship and how deep does it go what is real friendship yeah. what is real brotherhood uh-huh. and um and even the the obvious love triangle right of the best man Mm -hmm. with neil long's character jordan you know then his his uh his actual fiance slash girlfriend ish whatever that is with robin right so all those things going on and it's like yeah i'm gonna leave my girlfriend at home because who i really want (laughs) is jordan right yeah jordan really wants him but she's a you know she's a smart savvy lady too man so it's like all this stuff right yeah, and it's like, uh, 
And it's it's pretty unique that they're all still living and trying to fix, make up for, extend what they started in college versus be who they are after college. Right. It's kind of weird. No, we gotta go back and finish some of this business, right? Kind of thing. <laughs> and so yeah, so it's uh it's 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 just a unique kind of story in hindsight versus when you're looking at it, right? Yeah, because it matures you too to make you think a little bit deeper about it as you as you, after you've watched it. Yeah, yeah. And uh the uh the the males are definitely the main protagonist right. of the story, but I like it because it's basically like um they are definitely not the smartest or the ones who have everything together (laughs) like uh and that's why i liked it is even though uh it's their story for the most part i think there's lots of things that lee does in here to give females uh, a lot of power and even that kind of like yeah i mean yeah these guys would be a complete mess if they were Right. in their right. lives. <laughs> right. And, and uh, being willing to be the kind of guys that would allow, and I hate to use the word allow, but to give the women permission to speak into their lives in a way that only like your close friend could. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're semi-romantic, but it's like at the core, no, we're friends. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah, this, this could be something down the road something that could have, should have, would have, but I'm your friend. Yeah. You know, and even the girlfriend, right? It's like, no, ultimately I'm your friend. Mm -hmm. And as a person that loves you, whether we're going to be together or not, Mm -hmm. this is what, this is what you should be thinking about. This is what you should be doing. Right. And so even at those levels, it was, it was, it was pretty cool, man. Yeah. I I made a a note while watching this film. (laughs) Basically like, I was like, my note was, are we even supposed to root for Harper in this movie? Right, I was right. Like, I was like, he's not. Uh, he's he's not seemingly. You know, he puts on the front as kind of being like the good guy, but right. I mean, I, I think all of these, uh, and it's almost like Quentin T- Terrence Howard's character. He's supposed to kind of be, you know, he's yeah, the yeah. sleazy guy. Right. But then, like, you're watching this play out, and you're like, no, really, Harper's the one who's the most awful one out of the, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and Quentin was like a red herring, right? He's mm-hmm. he's an easy target. He's a okay. He gonna spill the beans and destroy the wedding. Yeah, right. But out of all the people, he's sitting back like, dude, you need to fix this before it gets. I mean, when you're listening to him, mm-hmm. you need to resolve this before it's too late. Yeah, because you know I know, and I'm not gonna hold it over your head, but you know I know. Mm-hmm. And but what's so crazy? He had an opportunity to not even have all this happen, right? Because he didn't have to write the book that way. I mean, it's like he made all those choices, yeah, right? And then tried to be like, oh, let me just get through this wedding, hide it. And if it's revealed, you know, six months after they're married, you know, we'll figure it out then. It'd be too late for me to be the blame. But ultimately, you know, he's the heel, right? And all of this, even though you're still kind of saying, man, him and Jordan should be together, but he got a good woman already. You know, why is he, you know, maybe he should be with his woman, you know, because I mean, because she's a good woman. And it's like, what's weird is that in our culture, anyway, you're watching a movie, yes, for the characters, 
but you have a vested interest in the people that are playing the characters. Mm. Like Sanai Lathan, everybody loves her as a person, right? Yeah. Outside of the movie. <laughs> so when she's playing this character, it's like, man, he got a good one, you know? Yeah. But then everybody loves Nia Long in general, you know, mm. outside of the characters. Like, yeah. man, he got two good ones. You know, what would yeah. you do? Yeah. And it's like this weird kind of thing because it's like you keep blurring the lines between the ladies mm-hmm. and the characters that the ladies are playing, right? Yeah. yeah. Because they're, they're beloved figures in the community. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't want to see either one of them get done wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and is Harper the right guy? Is he good enough for either one of them? Right. Right. right? You ultimately start thinking that, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll completely be honest. And I would say this is, I mean, this movie is from 1999. Right. So take that as it is. But this is a spoiler. If you're like, you're listening to our discussion, you're intrigued. I would say watch the movie first before I say this. So there's your warning. But <laughs> I will say the ending and his proposal to Robin completely shocked me. Yeah. Like, and I, I want to get your opinion. Uh, do, do you think, and I would say this too, because now I want to watch uh, the best man holiday and all that. So don't spoil it for me. Yeah, but yeah. like, I mean, to you, do you think that made sense for them to be together at the end of the movie? I think the, the transition he went through, it was like, uh, you know, cause early on, you know, he helped, um, um, uh, Morris Chestnut, Lance. Yeah, yeah. Kind of helped Lance find God. Right. In a way, right? Yeah, yeah. But then when Lance transitioned to his truth, yeah, I did this. Yeah, I can't really blame her from who I was, but I, I'm what caused her to do this. It's not necessarily my best friend, but he got involved in it. You know, he did what he wanted. Nobody made him do it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when he got that, when he was able to resolve that internally, I think initially the Harper character didn't internalize that. But between that and the heart to heart, so to speak, of his girlfriend, he did internalize that. And like, you know what? This has been too much about me. Where do I want my life to go? Yes, I really love her. Yes, she's in my corner. Yes, I love Jordan, too but this is the direction I need to be taking with my life. And mm-hmm. so it was, it was definitely a wow. Mm-hmm. Cause you almost were thinking he's going to propose to Jordan. So he's going to do something yeah. with, with Jordan. Yeah. Because that bridge is burned with this other woman that loves him, but she can't wait any longer. She's, you know, she sees the inner turmoil and he needs to fix himself. And so maybe he fixed himself, right? Mm-hmm. And if if that was true, yeah. I can see it. Yeah. But if it was, okay, this is still him being selfish, still him saying this is all about me. And yes, that got resolved because of me. Look at me some more. I need some more attention. Right. So it's like, eh. Yeah. Thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So it depends on where his heart really was. Now I don't know where the director writer put his heart. Mm-hmm. Now the second movie might answer some of that for you. Okay. okay. Um, but but in the first movie, you don't really know where the writer put his heart. And so yeah. it's kind of like, okay, is this real? 
ulterior yeah. motive. Right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, if anything, I think he did, even though in the moment it happens, and I'm like, well, that seems like a kind of just convenient button to the end of the movie. Right. I was thinking about it more, and I was like, you know, that's actually exactly what Harper would do. He he kind of he does things at the spur of the moment. Uh, without thinking them through. Yeah, of course you would propose without having a ring. Right. Of course you would propose at your best man's or best friend's wedding. Right. Like when it's like his day. And so in those ways, it's like, oh, that completely makes sense that he would do that, you know? Like, you know, oh, I don't, you know, I don't have anybody right now, you know, like, right. you know, who will take me. So um, I, I also like, I mentioned it, but the, I like this aspect of kind of like, and I've always uh, been intrigued with, how artists and I'd say, you know, uh, novelists, uh, musicians, even stand up comics, because so many people, you know, they, the adage of write what you know or right. whatever like that. So, or, you know, life imitating or art imitating life. So I liked this idea. And I've always been fascinated with like, how do even like stand up comics, like, how do they? handle you know certainly family comes up or even if they're like oh no 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 that's not you that's just right, kind right. of an embellishment of you it, you know that, that's a very sensitive matter and so i like that aspect of it because um and i've mentioned this short film i've done uh i did at baylor and I, i've made it sound like it's this really huge thing and it's not it's not at all but i could understand because that movie was essentially it was uh, a reaction to a pretty big breakup and i would say breakup at that time of how was i yeah 21 i mean like i was 21 you know what i mean yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but it was a big deal at the time but and so in that movie even though it's a movie I mean, it, there was a real, a lot of real life aspect to it. So even though that there were these characters in there, they were definitely stand-ins for some people. And I remember, uh, you know, I was still, I would say, in friendly terms with uh, my ex, and she wanted to see the movie because she knew this was like some of that work. And I'll never, I'll never forget that moment just watching that movie with her. And like, I mean, we didn't have any kind of conversations that play out in this, but I mean, there was definitely that like you know uh, that that tension there right. <laughs> so it's pretty fascinating so i don't see how uh, it, it makes me admire novelists and creators even more because you i think to really separate those lines you really do have to create characters that are not people that are in your lives does that make sense yeah, yeah and and what was funny about this is like even throughout the movie you would see little quips here and there you didn't have to make me that bad man because i know i'm that dude right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you have to do her like that because mm -hmm. i know and why'd you change her name and why do you think i'm really that you know and so when you're pouring out even you know when people do biographies or do mm -hmm. even some fiction right and it's like i'm gonna make this person like my cousin right and mm -hmm. so you pour out and then you're like, oh, I'm going to edit this later and make sure that nobody knows other than that person, maybe. But it's hard because the story is so rich and that character is what makes the story rich. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so close to reality. Yeah. And, and so I would see how hard that would be to, you know, write about your mom. But then, well, what do I leave out? If I left that out, the story wouldn't be as rich and it wouldn't be a full character. And so, you you know, put her birthday in December instead of April. But that ain't enough of a change. Right. Or yeah. you make her favorite color blue instead of green. But it's like, OK, he's <laughs> talking about me. But he said, the, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. And so it's hard to uh, to separate. And 
you, I guess at some level, you're just saying there's so much extra world that doesn't know this person that's going to see it versus the five people that may know this person. Mm -hmm. So you kind of let some stuff go and let it all out. And it's okay. Well, five people would be mad, but 2 million people won't know who this is. I just think it's a cool story. Yeah. Right? And so it's, it's at some point where you got to say, okay, I'm a, I'm going to let it ride or not let it ride kind of thing. you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't, I mentioned it just how amazing this cast is. I mean, it's like a who's who uh, type of cast and not, I, I don't want to hit like on every character because we would like be here forever <laughs> if we did that. Um, but I will say, I think with the multiple characters, what I really liked about them, they all stood out in their own unique ways. So I think it could be really easy in a film like this to lose like a sense of who people are. Right. And I, I think that's what one thing that's brilliant about this movie is like you kind of know the motivations of everyone inv that's involved. And so is there uh, is there a particular performance or character that you really like or enjoy? I, I think what's so funny, I think the two people I feel did the most transition throughout the movie was the kind of docile guy, um, which is Julian. Yeah. And, and Quentin, uh -huh. because they were polar opposites, but how they played off of each other, how yeah. both of them grew. Right. Cause remember when uh, Lance literally wanted to kill the other uh -huh. dude, right. Quentin was the one that was like, Hey mm -hmm. man. Yeah. He did some dirt. Yeah, I, you know, he had to be Quentin, right? Yeah, I completely understand why you're doing this, but come on, man, you know, right? right. So, which is completely opposite. He today, you would think he'd be the guy with the camera, or oh, putting this on TikTok. <laughs> you know, you think he'd be that guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But he showed maturity in that. And then you have Julian, which clearly loved this woman. That was too much for him. Mm -hmm. Wasn't seeing how great he was, mm -hmm. and seeing him transition to his worth, to his value, and still remaining a man about it. Because mm -hmm. he could have flipped. He could have, you know, and he flipped a little, but he, he was never disrespectful to her. Yeah, yeah. You know, even in his growth, it's like, I can flip this script right now and be, because she did all this to me, let me do her twice as bad. Yeah. But he didn't. And yeah. so seeing those, I think those were two truly um, real metamorphosis of characters and to have what is it seven eight characters and you can sit months later i mean it's been because i i tidbit watched it this time because i wanted to have the the freshness of just knowing everybody's name but i knew the movie already and it's been over 20 years right yeah but i i can tell you i might not remember all the character names but i can tell you all the character stories. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 20 years later. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and to me, the person that was almost flat, everybody was well-rounded in a way, but the person that was almost flat, oddly enough, was the bride. Yeah. Where in traditional weddings, mm -hmm. it's all about her, A number one. If don't nobody else show up, she's got to be the prettiest. She's got, you know, it's all mm -hmm. about the bride. Yeah. And that's what was so amazing in the whole storyline. Her, I'd hate to call any character the weakest, but her character was the most flat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even though she had some backstory, you know, she was d definitely integral to the movie. Yeah. But she was the flattest, which even creates that 
unique dynamic to how we think about weddings. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? And so, uh, you know, because all the best men, all the groomsmen are basically throw ins, right? Or you yeah. got an extra cousin. Oh, yeah. I need three more. You know, how many bridesmaids do you have? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we go scramble, try to find guys we think will match the bridesmaids. Yeah. That's how right. it goes at a wedding. Right. Yeah. yeah. This movie turns that on its head and the groomsmen are the core of the movie. Right. Yeah. In a serious yet fun way. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. It is cool. It, you talking just kind of made me think I, I filmed a lot of weddings in my early twenties and uh, into my thirties a little bit. Um, but there was this one wedding I filmed and I thought it was hilarious and it completely made sense. But you know, all about a wedding is like right schedule. Okay, this time this starts, and then this happens, and then this happens, and this happens, and so it was about time for it to start. And uh, basically, the bride she wasn't ready, and she was she was basically like, "No, this is my day. Um, when I'm ready, and I'm when I think I look good, this is when we're going going." And I love that because it was just kind of like you know, it was like, "Hold up." Let's focus on like kind of what this day's about. And I love that because that right. was the first time because it's always like, oh, it's supposed to start at three. You know, is everybody in place and all that? And she was like, nope, just, you know, yeah. If yeah. if my hair doesn't look great right now, we're, we're holding off. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. So um, any, um, any, I, I had a couple written down, but I, I'm interested to hear from you. Uh, any like favorite scenes or quotes that you have from this movie? Um. I wouldn't say quotes. I, I think because I'm the kind of movie watcher, I'll go and I'll watch the commentary. I'll watch, mm -hmm. you know, the extras and all that. And the scene when this is after he gets beat up by Lance, right? Because yeah. it's supposed to be the night yeah. with Jordan. Maybe, right, right, yeah. And he shows up at her house and she's she's pent up. She's ready, man, you know. And he shows up all beat up, right? And in her tenderness of trying to care for him, she smacks him. Oh, right. yeah, I had that written out. I yeah. love that scene. But thanks to you, miss, I want an exclusive. I got my ass whooped. I almost got thrown from a fucking building because of your ass. So thank you, Jordan. Thank you. And what the fuck is that smell? Woo. You know, you got some nerve blaming me for your skeletons, mister. Jordan? No, I'm not done, Harper. You wrote the book. You aired your dirty laundry. No matter how hard you tried to disguise it, it was you. You got me all fired up saying that my life was empty and that we could have been great together. That was you, okay? Not me, you. Okay. In the backstory, that slap is for real and it's a surprise to him. <laughs> that wasn't scripted like that. Yeah, that's great. She was all in. She's like, now, she said, I had to think as if I was a woman that have put myself out like this, completely ready. And this dude shows up at my house after he get caught up in some, you know, you know, uh, groomsman mess, right? Right. Half drunk, beat up, and I'm ready, ready. And he come at me like this, still trying. She said, yeah, I would have smacked the mess out of him. Yeah. And so that's what my character did. And that is the scene of the movie. It's great. For women worldwide. <laughs> it was all... I mean, you know, the words were there in the script, but that slap is real and it's a surprise to him. It's unscripted. And when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, because that that looked authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like full hand smack push his face. And I was like, 
yeah, she got him, and he was he was surprised as you saw in the movie, right? Because he wasn't expecting that coming, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's probably the scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I love that scene. I love that moment. I, I like the Jordan character. I just, I, lo- I, I yeah. loved, and I, I would say, um, probably like seeing it. Like, let's say, and there's some aspects we could talk about later about this movie that feels 1999. But for the most part, this movie is like it feels like it could be filmed today. Yeah. And so, especially with Jordan's character, I think this is like the kind of the independent woman that everybody like helps now kind yeah. of like in the entertainment, but this happened, you know, in 1999. Yeah. Such a long time ago. Ago. yeah. yeah. I, I loved her character. Um, I also had just the whole like poker conversation between the four guy friends, just that whole conversation and how it ebbs and flows. And I just, when I watched it, I just was like, Oh yeah, this is completely how like a group of close friends talk to each other. Right. And I, and I love, it starts out nice, but then, you know, escalates. Yeah. Uh, I really love that scene. Well, and Quentin pushes it, right? Because as the groom, Hopper was was allowing all the helter-skelter of the wedding to help him skate mm-hmm. and get through it. Yeah. And Quentin, being Quentin, right? Because he's not totally hands clean on this. He uses that moment of slowness and of settling down and chilling to start pushing the story. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you don't think that me has ever got with any other dudes? I'm the first, the last, and the only. Really? Really? So how do you know this? Because he knows. Right. When you when you when you know that he knows, you knows what you know what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, so what you saying, man? So if this but what if she did, you know, because he knows the story now mm-hmm. and he ain't stupid. I mean, he's probably one of the smartest guys in the whole, you know, the whole room. And uh, so, yeah, so that that scene and the back and forth and Quentin pushing Harper and, and then, you know, um, Julian knowing what's going on. But it's like because you know that. They would have been more open and free if he was innocent. Yeah, yeah. It would have been more banter and more pushback, you know. But he knew, I can't say too much. Quentin has my card. I can't push it because, you know, the lie is going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And right. Julian knows, but he's been Julian. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, let's, you know. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very kind of Shakespeare-esque kind of thing if you think about it like that, right? Like kind of that kind of Shakespeare playing out for words and mm-hmm. messing with each other and the protagonist trying to make something happen, you know? So it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I also, uh, I had to mention, it, it's probably one of the more comedic scenes, but the flashback to when uh, Harper almost hooked up with Jordan the first time and the Stevie wonder song that plays and, uh, as and when the song starts skipping to break right. up you know break up at the moment so one i thought that scene was just funny but also i was like well this is the most 1999 right. joke ever <laughs> <laughs> right like maybe maybe it could happen today now that records have come back you know so maybe there's a chance yeah. that those could skip but for the most part i was like yeah the cd skipping that's like so 1999 yeah, yeah that was pretty cool but what was funny is that um uh, because R&B music, that was probably, I won't call it the heyday because it's been, you know, but that 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. close to 2000, that was like 
real powerful R&B music, right? Yeah. And then you had that hip hop blend. So it was a perfect time to have a movie and have an awesome soundtrack. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but it, it was, it was pretty cool to kind of even see that within the movie because it was, it was the right time for a movie that had music as its background, you know, yeah. it all fits. Movie musings. The questions I had for you for movie musings, it just kind of naturally leaned towards, uh, you know, weddings, uh, obviously. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> this is a very uh, theme oriented segment of movie musings. But um, are, are you still friends with your best man? Yes. Oddly, we don't talk a lot. And probably the last time I've talked to him has been five years. But, you know, I can hook, you know, jump on Facebook or give him a call and it's like, he just walked out of my house. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. those are those are the, those are yeah. the best type of friends. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a crazy best man story though. Okay, uh, great. It might even, it, it's not as dramatic as this one, but I asked him to be my best man. He says yes. We get to San Antonio. Everybody's there. We go get fitted for our tuxedos. He's not there. We, we, I really didn't have a bachelor party because he wasn't there to, to give me one. But it was just kind of, you know, I'm a kind of one of those subdued kind of diet guys anyway. Well, no big deal. Next day at the wedding, still no best man. We're getting dressed, getting ready. Now, he, he never checked into his hotel because I got him a hotel room, never got his tuxedo. And I was like, okay. And my brother is here too. So, my, you know, I had two best men. Yeah, I says you know, so, you know, because I wanted to do a guy that was a bachelor, which he was, but my brother was already married by then, and yeah, so I had two best men. You know, I, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Yeah. What what year is this? 1998. Okay, I just want to frame it right before this. Yeah, yeah but, I want, but I want to frame it as like it's not as easy to find people, right? You know, right. <laughs> as it is now. Yeah, okay. Right. And so um, we're getting dressed. We we get dressed. They're about to start playing the wedding music. Here comes Cedric. Yeah, I'm going to name you Cedric. Here comes Cedric <laughs> into the church with his tuxedo over his shoulder. I mean, he literally had just got there that morning and got his tux. I, I hadn't called him, couldn't get him on the phone. Wasn't no email back then, right? I, right. I, was, Paul, I couldn't get him. And it's like, okay, we're going to move on without him, you know, because as long as my my now wife and the pastors here, I'm good. Mm -hmm. You know, I was trying to be stress-free as possible. I said, I hate it for the other, you know, um, bridesmaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now mismatch, but we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I was like, dude, he said, oh man, I just got here, man. My this and that was late. I was like, dude, get dressed, you know? And so we just, we have the wedding like it wasn't nothing, you know? And so, yeah. but it's like, I'm like, dude, you know, and back in the, you know, in the nineties like that, ain't no texting and tracking somebody yeah, and all that. Yeah. It's like people just disappear and you don't know how to find them, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah. But I didn't know if he was going to be in his tux because I called the place and they were like, no, he never came and picked it up. Oh gosh. And he just shows up at the wedding, never made it to the hotel or nothing. You know, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody has a friend or a relative uh, yeah. like that. You know, that's hilarious. So uh, I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, I I I I liked it a lot in this movie. Like at, during the wedding, 
where Lance just cries so much, like this, you know, big professional sports player or whatever like that. So I wanted to ask you, uh, did, did you cry at your own wedding? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. And as much as Lance or oh no, I wasn't like <laughs> boo-hoo about to pass out. Yeah, yeah. Lance had a lot of stuff on his mind. <laughs> yeah. He sure did. I, I think I think it was the moment and just seeing her. Mm. Yeah. It was just kind of a because it wasn't sadness, it wasn't necessarily joy tears. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, you know, it's just emotion. Yeah, just raw emotion. Yeah, that was just the weirdest thing. Yeah. And my brother standing there, he, you know, he and Cedric, my brother and Cedric both standing there with the, the handkerchiefs, right? And I'm like, and he's like, don't cry, man. I know you're going to, I'm like, dude, it's a wedding. What you, you know, because I've never seen it from that position, right? Right, yeah. You're usually watching. Yeah. And it's like, she walked in, man. It was like just, mm -hmm. yeah, and the bloodgates started. Yeah. And yeah. then my brother started crying. It was funny. Yeah. The Cedric started crying, you know, all the bridesmaids, obviously. <laughs> so it was, it was the funniest thing. Yeah, we just all just started crying. So yeah. yeah. That's great. She was crying. We yeah. had to, you know, dry her up when she got when she got up to the uh, to the <laughs> altar with me. So yeah, it was, it was it was pretty funny. That's great. Uh, so, what do you think? Maybe a little tougher question here. Uh, what do you think is the ultimate like best song to play at the wedding reception? So uh, the party's on now. What, what uh, do you think? If if I stay genre, I mean, if not so, if I stay timeline specific. Yes, it's got to be a song where you can, uh, where, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm misnaming, misthinking about the dance. We know everybody does the dance right at the end of the, you know, uh, it's like the big group dance. Oh, like, uh, like the Macarena or the you Lando know, or. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I always try to call it the Harlem Shuffle, but it's not oh, that. Oh yeah, like the Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, one you got to you got to play a song that's gonna make everybody dance. Yeah, right. So yeah. it's one of those kind of songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say I said Macarena because I just I I, <laughs> I knew that one did not play at your wedding, so I just uh, I, I was just yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they say yeah, and so one of those kind of songs, one of those group dance songs that yeah. everybody flocks to the floor. Yeah, uh, you got to play one of those. Yeah. Uh, culturally speaking, that at every event, wedding, family reunion, birthday parties, that's got to be uh, part of the soundtrack of that of that event. Yeah. And so yeah, and that that's that's held true as long as I can remember. You know, because we did it at my wedding. It was in the movie. Yeah. Best man. They played a song like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got to play one of those kind of songs. Yeah. So I, I'm old now, so I don't get to go to weddings anymore. Um, but I, I do I have had the privilege of taking my daughters to the daddy daughter dance. So that's the closest to like, you know, yeah, right, dance right. things. And so they do always still throw that song in. They, they play this remix version that I'm not like the biggest fan of. But, yeah. it, you know, it, it is a staple that's yeah always played uh, for sure. So this is kind of, I threw these out to you and kind of in the moment, I knew these would be a little harder to pin down. Yeah. Uh, and so one heart being the lowest, so five hearts being the highest. Uh, the first category I have is the romantic chemistry between the leads. So I think this one's a little hard because <laughs> there's just so much going on. And yeah. even, even though Harper is the lead character, and as I mentioned, I think it's just as much about the relationship between him and Lance, um, you know, but like I, I don't know how you frame this. I kind of frame my ranking as an all around. 
yeah. <laughs> romantic chemistry. I, I don't know what 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 your angle is towards this. Yeah, I kind of try to think about it more so with Jordan and Lance. Yeah, slash Rock. It was weird, and so when I thought about it like that their chemistry regardless of how it ended up at the end mm-hmm. their chemistry is about was a good strong three and a half to four out of five yeah yeah yeah. but i would say group chemistry easy five yeah yeah, yeah. right uh, yeah but romantic chemistry i think all the romance was really locked in for anybody that should have been romantic it was obvious they were together Right, right, right. I yeah, would say yeah. that for anybody. So yeah, yeah, a real good, strong three and a half to four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I had, I had it at three and a half uh, as well, just because uh, even some of them. Um, now I, I haven't seen the sequel yet, so yeah. I, I may be wrong. Like in the moment, like it completely makes sense, like why Quentin gets with uh, Shelby. <laughs> you know, like all these moments. Um, I do think, um, and sorry, so many characters. Uh, Julian, you know, right. get, getting with Candy. You right, know, right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there, well, there's a lot to play out there. You know, to yeah. see where that goes. You know, so, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, now I thought this second category the best friends was a lot easier to nail down um and so you know sometimes it can be one i think this one definitely especially with the subject matter i mean best is in the title um so uh what's the what's the ranking you gave it man i don't know if i was being a homer on this one but i gave it a five Oh no no no! I yeah, yeah. I, I did as well yeah yeah it was easily five five plus so you know they did very well with group chemistry Oh, yeah. Tell everybody cared for each other. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you could definitely say that uh, Harper is not the best of friend uh, in a a lot of ways. But, you know, he comes he comes around. So so the third category you made mention of it earlier uh, was the soundtrack. So before you go into it, I I just want to say, you know, it's this is definitely not the music I was listening to like at that time. Um, Not necessarily uh, like my favorite music genre, but listen to the soundtrack over the past couple of days. um, Well, one, I made a note. It's very 1999. I could tell you that for sure, (laughs) you know? Um, So I gave it like three, three and a half, but uh, I I want you to speak on it. Yeah. I I was in the three and a half to four range because I actually had to go back just for the soundtrack. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I looked it up and I was trying to think, okay, for the time, would I have listened to these songs had they come on the radio? And I would say seven out of 10, yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, some of them were definitely movie specific, but they were good. Yeah. And even yeah. if you didn't watch the movie, like that's a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, I'd, I'd say four ish. You definitely wanted a five, but for its time, and for the artists that were singing these songs, yeah, they they weren't all bangers, as you would say, right? But they, right, they were right. good. So I'd be in that three and a half, four range for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just very familiar name, Maxwell, Beyonce is even right. on the soundtrack. Uh, uh, Stevie Wonder's not on the official soundtrack, but his song is right. <laughs> very prominent in this. And yeah, I, I, 
I don't have the exact title right now, but the song that is not called The Best Man, but basically plays off the movie title. I really like that song a lot. And oh, yeah. It's just a down by the roots. Yeah. I think it's kind of like, what would you do? Or what? You know, some weird name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like all soundtracks, especially watching these movies, are dated in some you know way or another. But definitely listening through, it, there's been some soundtracks where I'm like, this song is completely just out of touch and boring and this soundtrack is not that yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah um the fourth category i have is the chase scene or declaration of love um so i i'm interested what you have to say about this category <laughs> uh i put a three okay it it wasn't uh it i like that it wasn't um formula driven right a lot of times you know right Goofy beginning, some fallout, redemption. Right. That that's that's the formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or goofy beginning, you know who's gonna fall in love, fall out, yeah, redemption. Yeah, that that's the formula. The movie didn't have that per se, but it did have the goofiness. There was a falling out, mm-hmm. and then there was a semi-redemption, two of them. Right. So I would say for Lance, I would give Lance a four and a half. Okay. And then I would give uh, Harper a two and a half or three. <laughs> and that's where the kind of the blend kind of gets me in that three range. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um, so what I, and tell me if uh, you think I'm off here. I kind of almost thought uh, Harper's best man speech at the end was kind of the declaration of love. Um, it's a very big moment in the movie. I mean, everything kind of stops, so to speak, you know, to give him the spotlight and, um, in a way, uh, the speech, you know, kind of like, I don't know, kind of built the bridge up, kind of mended all the fences with everybody. But sometimes you just have to step out on faith and believe that what you have built together is worth preserving. Because when you're made for each other as much as these two are, it's definitely, definitely worth preserving. I probably had it higher before this discussion, but as we were talking, it was, it, it does, I think it kind of plays into that Harper character of like, I'm not saying he didn't mean it in the moment, but it definitely felt like a moment of like, <laughs> you're saying this now type of right, thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, it got, I, I thought especially, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm talking about, I'm keeping my four because I, I like that moment too, because, um, we didn't even talk about it, but how this movie um, touches on religion and faith, you know, definitely Lance is very tied to it and they don't ever, Harper never says that he is atheist, um, but he's definitely, you know, anti easy agnostic, easy agnostic. Yes. And so, um, you know, the speech too kind of builds that up of him. I felt like really truly seeing where Lance was coming from now and kind of bridging that like oh yeah for lance to stay with mia that jump of faith 
you know, in their relationship, very similar and how, you know, when you have your relationship to God and faith in God, right. I mean, that is the big, one of the biggest leaps right. in your life that you can take. And so I liked how that kind of blended those themes like all together yeah. in one. Yeah. And, and for me, a little bit of Harper, I won't say he was faking it, but it was more so I'm going to be agreeable for resolution. Mm -hmm. And then it hit him later. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it was that kind of thing. Cause like when it was like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, be part of this. And it was like, okay, I'm gonna be agreeable. I'm gonna look up to the sky, even though I'm not sure if I believe, mm -hmm. but he loved his friend enough to take the leap of faith, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And then I think as the day went on, it's like eating at him and it's like, it's like, no, this is really a connection. I need to, you know, so it was that kind of thing. Right. And so, uh, so the wedding and all that stuff kind of helped him solidify mm -hmm. what he said. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I'm all in from this come to Jesus moment, so to speak. Right. Yeah. I don't think he was really all in then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, when everybody claps after it, it kind of like a little bit, I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. But then I love the shot of Shelby reluctantly clapping and like, okay, I guess I'll give it to him. And I thought that was a perfect way to like, you know, just in that moment of just like, it was almost like Lee was saying, yeah, I know this is a little kind of like on the cheesy side, but even our most cynical character, Shelby about, you know, these group of guys is, is like, yeah, I have to give it to him. That was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and so the last category I have is rewatchability. I could probably guess where you're at on this one. Yeah, I'm 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 at a four. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. If I'm flipping channels in its own, I'm gonna sit and watch because right. I know you know the slap is coming soon or the conversation's <laughs> coming soon. Uh, so yeah, so I have rarely, if ever, have skipped this movie if I'm flipping channels in its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put I put a four as well. Once again, like um, it, it's funny. I think if this is one of these movies, like I've been able to mine more conversation out of it than I would ever have thought. You know, because I do think when you watch this, it, it's just that there's something about it. I mean, it knows what it is, and it does that really, really well. So yeah. don't go in expecting you know like having your life completely changed. But like you said, like I. I, I could easily catch it. I, I could see myself just getting wrapped up into this and it, it, it made me want to see, you know, these group yeah. and friends again. And so, yeah, I'm there with you on that one. I'm not really watching a lot of, well, you know what? I just finished watching Echo. Oh yeah. How is it? It's okay. It's not terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, watching Reacher. Yeah. <laughs> I like Reacher. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of in that hop in, hop out series mode kind of yeah. thing right now. Yeah. Not many movie movies um, yeah. that I can just say, oh, you know what? Something that I recently watched that was actually pretty good, surprisingly. Uh, is it, It's not called NORAD. It's about the lady in her 60s that swam from Oh, Cuba. yeah, yeah. Nyad. Nyad. Yeah, yeah. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and I watched Ruffin. Is it? I'm, I'm so terrible at names. Rustin. Rustin. Yeah, the gentleman right. that that uh, helped with the march on Washington. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Um, you know, because I like trying to watch different stuff. Oh, my wife watched a movie recently about the lady that was trapped inside of a shipping crate. Oh. 
know about that one. It's called Nowhere. Oh, okay. Huh. It's, it's a foreign movie, but it's subtitled. Oh, okay. Um, well, it actually has an English soundtrack, but it was definitely a okay. French movie, you know. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, that's well, interesting, so something different. Yeah, that sounds frightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would never want that to happen. It's using a shipping container. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. We've watched it twice now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my recommendation is The Curse on Paramount+. Plus. So it just wrapped up at its season finale. I, I want to front this as this is not a show <laughs> for everybody. It is very strange. Uh, it's the epitome of cringe comedy. Uh Dark comedy for sure, but it's a A24 production. Um, it stars Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone. And they play this couple who are essentially trying to launch this HD HGTV show uh, in new in this New Mexico town, but by using these passive homes, so these environmentally friendly homes. But anyway, it's it's just all about it's about their relationship, but also um just how they are um it's really like putting on a show like Nathan Fielder. He's had the rehearsal and he had a show in comedy central. I didn't watch it called Nathan for you, but he's kind of obsessed with uh, Seth's might be weird, but like, I think like not necessarily reality TV, but how film and TV shows portray as reality, but what's behind the scenes. So these characters are putting up a front, you know, and being these good people, but I mean, they're horrible, horrible people. <laughs> and so, um, but um, if, I don't, did you see beef uh, on Netflix? No, I never, I never. Uh -uh. And so that, that should, that TV show is from a 24 as well. And so, um, and beef just got recognized uh, quite a bit at the golden globes, but, it's very, uh, it's different shows, but very similar. And like, especially the finales, they are like out there for sure. But like, it completely appeals like to me at all. And I would say if you're kind of turned off by the first two episodes, maybe watch a couple more and I, I could see somebody getting hooked. But um, Emma Stone is incredible in it. She's so, so good. And so the fact that she has like branched out to do a, 10 episode miniseries is like pretty crazy, you know? At, yeah. But that's a good one. So it was funny when you're talking about quirky series, it's an old one and you might not be able to find it, but look for it. It's called a Santa Clara diet. Oh yeah. Yeah. That we loved that. Man, show. I, I hate that they took that off the air, man, but we did yeah, too. as far yeah. as dark comedies and yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Forget, forget the Drew Barrymore show. Go watch her in that show. So yeah, yeah it's, it's so funny. We loved it. So yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, as always, you can visit our website, moviesyourlife.com, for all our episode reviews and more. You can find even episode three that Brad was on earlier and <laughs> listen to that. Uh, if you have thoughts on this movie, The Best Man, or suggestions for future film discussions, you know, reach out to us on social media. We love hearing from you. Uh, use the hashtag, hashtag 50 best rom coms, and let us know your favorite moments, characters, or even maybe your own hilarious wedding stories. We, we would love to hear from you. And thanks again uh, for taking the time to do this and talk about this. Like, it's been way too long. <laughs> yeah, man, been way too long, man. And keep me on your list because I am I just want to be available to you, man. This oh, is yeah. always fun. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, um, I hope you have a great week and all our listeners as well. You too, man. Be good. <laughs>